0: Welcome to episode 6 of Lawyer's Zen Podcast. I'm Patrick Barnes. I'm your host. I'm a practicing attorney. And I am also the owner of Legal Flow Consulting. Um, you can always go to my website to check out more of what we're doing at www.legalflowconsulting.com or email me at patrick at legalflowconsulting.com. Before we get into our first guest, I just wanted to announce I'm very excited uh, my father, Michael Barnes, who was on episode one of this uh, podcast, and I recorded a CLE on compassion fatigue and trauma-informed legal practice, which was just accredited by the Florida Bar for 1.5 credit hours of general and also mental health and well um, mental health and wellness for attorneys. Um, and right now, that's accredited in Florida, and we're working on accreditation for a couple other states. Um, so check it out. Uh, it was really fun to record and really proud of it and, and happy that the Florida Bar has been kind enough to accredit us uh, with CLE uh, credits. So today we are talking with Maria Parker. She is all the way across the Atlantic Ocean in Ireland and she is a psychotherapist. Um, she has kind of nicknamed herself the, the attorney's therapist and we get into all things um, psychotherapy and other things. You know, interesting psychological um, components that I think really resonate—at least resonated with me as an attorney—and I think will resonate with with you. Uh, Maria is doing uh, a, a two different workshops. One is three months; it's with attorneys talking about trauma-informed practice and compassion fatigue, and a bunch of different ways to equip yourself to you know protect yourself against uh, the stressors of the profession. And then she's also doing a twelve-month mastermind. Um, which does the intensive, and then it, and then it, uh, it, um, you know, extends out uh, a, a couple more months to to help you really solidify, concrete those thoughts. Um, so I really, really enjoyed uh, talking with Maria on LinkedIn. I will tag her so that you can reach out um, and uh, talk to her more. I highly recommend it. Um, so let's get into it. Let's talk with Maria Parker, all the way from Ireland. Okay, I am sitting here with Maria Parker from across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, Maria's joining us from Ireland. How are you doing, Maria? I'm really good, Patrick. Thanks a million. Where in Ireland are you?
1: So I am in the east coast of Ireland, a county called Mead, which isn't far from County Dublin. But it's important to say that I'm actually from the west, which is a county called Galway.
0: Galway okay uh-huh. so that's West Ireland.
1: West Ireland yeah.
0: Very cool and so you're kind of near Dublin is that the best <laughs> way for an American like myself <laughs> to understand it? Okay
1: that's exactly it's so a 30 minutes from the airport you will arrive where I am.
0: Okay very good um I went to Florida State is the name of the college I went to and we are playing a football game next year in Ireland I think in Dublin against Notre Dame okay. um so that's pretty amazing. And I don't think that's really happened in college football uh, very often. And so if I can find a way to get over to do that, I would love to, because that's pretty cool.
1: That's amazing. And then
0: Notre Dame is the fighting Irish in case you didn't, you, you probably knew that.
1: I've heard, but that that's amazing. And that that's the great thing about COVID having been lifted now. Um, everybody getting to move around again. So yeah, you're yeah. very welcome over.
0: <laughs> All right, awesome um so you're joining us today um on the podcast because of your work with lawyers um you are a i'll let you get a little more in detail on your on your mm-hmm. background but you're a psychotherapist a mental health nurse and you're working with basically trauma-informed practice for for legal professionals and you've kind of i, I noticed on your linkedin that you had kind of dubbed yourself the lawyer's therapist and i think that's interesting clearly you connect on some sort of a level with attorneys uh, that, that makes that work. So I'm, I'm interested to hear more about that. So let's before we kind of get into what you're up to now, take us back and tell us about your background and like how you got to be sitting here talking about what we're talking about. Okay.
1: um, So where I started was after leaving school, after finishing school, I went into nursing school. And in Ireland, you can go directly into mental health nursing. So I think in the States you register, uh, qualify as a registered nurse first. Here we have the option to go directly into into that area. So that's what I did um, at 18. And I spent 18 years then working within the area of acute mental health, specifically as a clinical nurse specialist in child, adolescent and family mental health. So that involved working in um, community hospitals, community day programs, acute mental health inpatient units and then most most recently or my most recent posts then involved working in the emergency departments of our National Children's Hospital here in Ireland. So we have the really really busy emergency departments especially in relation to children adolescent mental health so it was amazing experience i absolutely loved the work with with families and supporting them but i suppose back in maybe 2010 11 i saw such an increase in young people coming in and i always wondered why have we not supported these young people and families in particular parents at an earlier stage so earlier intervention so that got me looking at my role nursing is very much about I can teach you how to do things I have the answers and it just wasn't resonating with me it wasn't resonating with me anymore about using medication to treat to treat everybody that walked in the door and I became very interested in trauma at that time as well so I decided to research psychotherapy programs I also realized that I would have loved to have gone into therapy myself as a client and realizing that there were times particularly in relationships or things were showing up that i wasn't maybe always excited about or maybe i was self-sabotaging at times different different things showing up and i think it oh i can't go to therapy i'm a mental health professional (laughs) i can't be seen to go to therapy it's not what we do we we're supposed to have the answers. so i never i didn't so I chose a psychotherapy program, university program, which was which w- was predominantly humanistic and integrative, which is very much based in psychodynamic therapy, which is looking at, in very briefly brief terms, making the unconscious conscious. And um, it's rooted in Freud's psycho psychoanalysis, but it's more about the relationship. Um, so another big part of that was I knew I would have to do it was mandatory to go to therapy so it was kind of an out and an in for me at that time so it was great I was able to able to go in and um do the work I needed on myself so for the last 10 12 years um I went back went back it took six seven years to 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 qualify and then become accredited it takes it takes a lot of hours a lot of um in-depth personal therapy for myself and also supervision working with clients Mm -hmm. so when i finished finished that i i I decided it was time once i became accredited to go out on my own and and become become a work in private practice as, as a psychotherapist so that's what i've been doing the last two years and i suppose in terms of you know you mentioned the lawyers therapist a couple of years back just prior to to going out on my own i was talking to I have family and friends working in 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 well here we call attorneys lawyers are solicitors so they work in mm-hmm. the solicitors working the couple of my friends solicitors and we'd be we'd be out or talking and everything i was i i'd talk about in terms of psychotherapy or emotions or anxiety it would resonate with them but I could never understand how they weren't getting the support they needed within the legal profession, within their work. That there wasn't an understanding of how emotions impact how our nervous system goes into fight or flight and how how that is going to impact your decisions. It's going to impact how you show up in your work, Mm -hmm. how toxic environments, and it works in many toxic and difficult work environments, how that's going to impact you and yourself. So it's not all about just us. We have responsibility, right. certainly um to become the best versions of who we are and and part of that is understanding our emotions it's also part of the nervous system of the organization mm-hmm. that is going to and how they interact so they would always say to me Maria this is like such gold this information mm-hmm. like what, are your, what you could impart to people working in the legal profession it's just amazing and mm-hmm. it, it seemed to really resonate and, and i really like that i want to make an impact so then when i started researching it after that time a year say a year ago in particular i looked at all the you know the statistics that have come out in um, terms of lawyer well-being and, and it's really difficult for for me anyway as a mental health professional to ignore that you know to mm-hmm. ignore the level of stats that are out there and that brought us forward i suppose to today then patrick where yeah i've put together programs which are trauma informed but i hope and i believe that they meet all the marks that are going to make a positive impact on turning around some of those some of those statistics
0: well and if you've listened to this podcast at all obviously i'm a huge proponent Mm -hmm. i think we need the more the more we can get um Mm -hmm. so i mean i I i always find it interesting when i ask um you know, people who are on the podcast to kind of give me the background to like how you got sitting right here in front of you, because so many different parts of that journey make up the whole as to why Mm -hmm. you're here and like why you're passionate about attorney work or, you know, trauma-informed, you know, um, practice of any type. Um, So the first thing that came to mind when you were talking was if you're working in acute emergency department for children, I have to imagine you saw a lot of pretty traumatic events in Mm -hmm. that hospital. Mm -hmm. both from probably a mental health perspective, um, you know, um, their, their home life. Um, but also, you know, maybe if it's a full on emergency department, physical injury, traumatic events, car wrecks, um, you know, catastrophic situations. Um, did you feel so in in being, understanding how trauma, you know, informed work works and Mm -hmm. the symptoms that come along with primary trauma it's ptsd did you see that in yourself as you were working there Mm -hmm. um feeling some of those symptoms
1: Mm, oh oh, definitely patrick and as uh, as the difference between mental health nursing as opposed to psychotherapy is we don't have or we certainly didn't then supervision or a Mm -hmm. place to explore what was coming up in us so not only was i working in a system that was in fight or flight all the time because you right. had to be re- reacting. You could—it's no place for a response. You have to react all the time. Our systems were mirroring that, so they were speaking to each other. So in my system, I was always—I had no time for anything. I was running here and there. My feet never touched the ground. I was in. I was speaking. I was always engaging with every person I met. And probably I was engaging so much and listening so deeply to their stories that I felt it with every part of my body, my heart, every single part of me felt it. But then when I went home, the exhaustion was hit mm-hmm. or you go out way, way too much or I go out every night of the weekend, whatever it was, just to numb that pain. Escape. I escape to escape absolutely i didn't realize it then i thought this was part of it quite friday we all go out and we go out until sunday <laughs> you know and you rest so, in the day.
0: Uh, yeah and and also the the, the mandate to keep composure mm-hmm. when you're going through that to not be vulnerable and like you said there wasn't that peer-to-peer system in place to say like this is i'm not doing well today mm-hmm. i'm trying to get through it but i'm not doing well there was mm-hmm. the, the feet never touched the ground you're 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 talking with everyone with compassion. You're so deeply listening, and and you're and you're exhausted, right? And and that just leads to the burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That that is a you know that is operational stress. And so it, you know for the legal professionals that are listening, and and I'm and I've been saying we're trying our best to integrate known theories, known concepts in nursing in 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 mental health therapy that where they've done this and they've gone beyond trauma informed and they've become trauma integrated and mm-hmm. things like that. We're trying to just anecdotally say, see how we're similar. Mm-hmm. So how many lawyers or legal professionals sitting here do exactly what you just said? Now you did it on a, on a trauma floor of an emergency department, but how many lawyers in their office or, or paralegals in the office never touch the ground. Mm-hmm. They're talking all day. They're practicing with compassion, and by the end of it, they're exhausted. And like you said, you've got just this urge to escape and to numb. That, the similarities are striking when I hear you say that, because that mm-hmm. sounds like a lot of law practices. Mm-hmm. And again, like, like, I, like I talk about, the organizational operational stressors, that's an operational stress. You can't avoid it. If you're going to be in a helping profession of that nature, it's coming. Mm-hmm. So how do you equip yourself to be aware of it, to be informed of it, and then prepare yourself for it? Because it's you can't be like, I just don't think I'm going to have that today. It mm-hmm. doesn't work, right?
1: No, Did you ever no, go doesn't. to the hospital
0: and be like, I'm just not going to put myself in a high-intensity situation today?
1: Yeah, it just doesn't. And the reality is I had a, a client who was a solicitor, um, practicing solicitor, and he made a really good point. His legal practice was a mini-hospital. So Mm. he had people, the walking wounded, coming in to the practice to get support. So for a major trauma, for life changing injuries, um, due to whatever that trauma may have been. A lawyer, at the end of the day, the same as me, the same as we are all human. We all have the same emotions. We all have the same nervous systems. We have different Mm -hmm windows of tolerance and different ways of Mm -hmm. managing that some people are just really good at it and it doesn't impact and that is really brilliant some people need training in it need to understand because we didn't receive that when we were younger What we were conditioned to react and conditioned to work really well in survival mode and in 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 systems that 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 in survival. lawyers in themselves there's no room for mistake you're preparing for the worst all the time you're looking at all the outcomes looking into future there is some of the symptoms of anxiety <laughs> you know look <laughs> you know thinking ahead looking at what is the worst thing that could happen here that's a symptom of anxiety so if you're working in survival mode whether you realize it or not yeah in, in we we'll say in the in the emergency departments and i you know you mentioned it there and and this was from when I was you know really young say at the age of 18 gone into this in into the, these environments and, and I certainly did not know anything <laughs> of what I known 20 odd years later but I've worked with young people coming in at the age of nine being admitted and transferred to icu after attempted attempted hangings you know. Mm that is traumatic working with parents like that are traumatic we are really it if we believe that that doesn't impact us on a human level we're wrong yeah there is still a massive stigma i've no doubt about this about mental health within organizations there's a massive stigma there's massive stigma within still within some profession mental health Mm -hmm. in in terms of self-harm or suicide, I hear about it all the time and it really bothers me it really deeply bothers me in the emergency department there were times and there was one time in particular where I would have worked with a family whose nine-year-old had been admitted to ICU after an attempted hanging mm. working with young at nine? at nine yeah that was the youngest I have ever I have encountered and um, thankfully um. That, that child survived, many don't of course. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it only becomes when it becomes a critical instance, that's when, you know, support is brought in and it's brought in, you know, maybe as a once off. Once off doesn't work, once off doesn't treat anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of that, if I, there would have been times where I mentioned to senior people or senior managers, God, this is really, impact, this is impacting me. And you would be told, and these by health professionals, well, maybe it's not for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe this isn't for you. And when you're in fight or flight, or you're working in in an environment on survival mode yourself, you begin to believe that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Begin to wonder, well, God, it must be just me. So you stop talking about it, and you just keep going through the motions like everybody else.
0: So that's the first, the first telltale textbook sign of burnout is disillusionment. Mm-hmm. And so if you start to say this is, you know, you, you go beyond like, yeah, this is an impactful, stressful thing that's going to have some personal impact on me. And then you go to your supervisor and you say you're vulnerable like that. And their first response is ah, maybe you're just not maybe you're not cut out for, it. you know, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. How does that affect your disillusionment? Now you're getting mm-hmm. affirmation of your disillusionment. And it sends you further into it, and I can definitely see from a legal professional profession going into a managing partner with that same thing. Hey, this this uh, this case is really intense, and it's affecting me personally. And the, mm-hmm. and, the and the managing partner says, "Well, do you want me to take it off? Or do you want me to give it to somebody else?" Like, no, I just want you to affirm that it's okay that I feel that way. <laughs> you know, there mm-hmm. um, that's for supervising roles to understand how disillusionment works and that if you are practicing in any capacity in any helping profession whether it's nursing or legal professional or firefighter or whatever mm-hmm. if you're doing that you're practicing with compassion and you're up against these operational stressors the natural thing is to run out of steam mm-hmm. and to run out of bandwidth if you're not doing the things you need to to prepare yourself for it and the first thing that comes along with running out of steam and bandwidth is exhaustion and disillusionment and so if if supervisors want to keep their employees as opposed to having huge turnover rates they need to first of all affirm the disillusionment and encourage and assure it's disillusionment and it's not reality Mm -hmm. as opposed to saying "Eh, it's not for everybody Mm,
1: Yeah, it's so dismissive. And, and it's not just okay, either to say, okay, we'll send you to how about you um, go to your employee assistance program, that will fix you, that'll help you um, to, to cope with this work. Because clearly people can The reality is most people are in that survival mode. So that it appears that they can, but it is impacting. There's no doubt when you yeah. look at the levels of stress and burnout, anxiety, suicidal ideation, that is that is that is rife within the profession. If people are not coping, we're we're being, we're told it's evident.
0: Well, and I think it's because people don't know how to cope mm. because we use we use buzzwords like self care, mm-hmm. self care, eat right, exercise, get lots of sleep. It's like mm-hmm. I, I don't have that in me. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a lot. Self-care is a lot deeper and it starts mm-hmm. with analyzing and inventorying your literal day-to-day interactions and mm-hmm. figuring out which of those are the ones that are causing you the most energy burn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's This is like com- a, a personal anecdote. It's completely, and I don't mean to say like it's on the same level of what you're interacting with mm-hmm. when you're doing that. It's not even close, but it's as close as I can think of a similar situation where you go to a supervisor and the supervisor says, tough, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I was in law school, I was 23, 22. And so I went undergrad, graduated, and then like a week and a half later started law school. Completely different experiences. And so I didn't know how to study. Mm -hmm. I hadn't worked a true job. And so I went in now to law school where that's what you do is you study all the time and it becomes your job and you treat it like a job. I didn't, I didn't know that. And I didn't have Mm -hmm. like a mentor that said, this is exactly how you do it. So I was figuring it out. So after the first semester of law school, I got put on academic probation Mm -hmm. because I didn't know how to do it. And so my grades showed that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I had a meeting with like the person that was kind of like a guidance counselor of sorts, but like his job was to like you know, student well-being and like student guidance. And he, so you imagine like a 22 year old that's basically been able to kind of succeed educationally Mm -hmm. without too much effort going into a situation where effort is mandatory and you don't, Mm -hmm. just don't know how, how stressful that was for me. And then getting these awful grades and being Mm -hmm. like, well, maybe this is getting turned upside down. There's, there's some level of trauma involved in there. I mean, it's not like on the magnitude of, you know, catastrophic trauma there's something there where it's just really really stressful and the and the person said to me instead of let's try to figure out how it works he told me you may need to just pick a different profession is what he told me that's similar right so i'm going i'm in a complete um existential crisis Mm -hmm. i am failing and i go to the person that's supposed to help you get back on track and then he just affirms that you aren't cut out for it. And so Mm -hmm. it's not the same, but it's similar. Mm. Luckily for him, my personality is when someone tells me I can't do something, Mm -hmm. I just y'all, absolutely watch me. Um, But for anyone that maybe doesn't go to that feeling, I can see how that would be a, a completely devastating conversation that would make you quit and would make you affirm that disillusionment and say, Oh, he's right. And now I've heard it from an outside source. What I've already been thinking and they quit. Does that does that make sense? That resonates? Uh,
1: oh, it makes complete sense, Patrick, and it absolutely resonates. And the reality is, the difference that a little validation would have done at that time—just yeah. validating—wow! Well, thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for speaking up and saying this is tough. It is tough. Let's look at how we can support you. Tell me how you learn. Tell no. me. Tell me what what you need. What has worked in the past? Let's look at putting that plan in place. I'm more than happy to mentor you. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Already, my and I don't think you can feel this, but I feel okay. That's brilliant. We have a plan, as opposed to bringing somebody in and just saying, "No, you're just not. You're just not cut out for this."
0: Yeah, it's uh, Mm -hmm. We talk about the fact that being trauma informed as a legal as a law firm Mm -hmm. involves buy-in from superiors, right? Mm -hmm. From Mm -hmm. partners, from supervisors. There has to be buy-in that this is real. Acknowledge yeah. that it's real, and everyone experiences it to varying degrees, like you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't, it can have devastating consequences in that you are affirming disillusionment.
1: Mm-hmm. And when
0: you do that, it just it just builds. And and instead of saying, "Okay, mm-hmm. I can get through this," you go, "They're right, and I'm right, and it's I've been right all along." Um, so another thing that when you were giving me your backstory was caught me was when you said that you're dealing with lawyers who kind of almost feel like alleviated like mm-hmm. elevated as soon as they start talking about this mm-hmm. that's interesting to me and it and it tells me that there's not a preparation going into the profession whether it's from a law school perspective or a early supervision level and not your supervision to make sure you're not like committing malpractice but your supervision from like a restorative therapeutic yeah. perspective to mm-hmm. be like Hey, um, we're going to talk about not just how that deposition went from an actual X's and O's perspective, but like, how did you feel during it? What emotions mm-hmm. did you experience? If there isn't some like normalization of, of feelings early, people don't know how to feel. Mm-hmm. And then, you, then they go talk to someone like you and they're like oh that all makes sense and they feel like a burden's been lifted cuz they think they're carrying that alone and somebody told me and my dad after we did a presentation once that we put words to things that they've been exper- to feelings they've been having their whole career mm-hmm. it's like that can you encapsulate the word informed in any other way other than to be like that's a thing people have it every profession that's a helping profession has it is that your experience when you talk to lawyers they're kind of like light switch like oh, yes
1: a 100 and it is what it is why i continue to do as difficult as it can be to show up as a sole practitioner you know making making headway in yeah. in new areas it is why i show up when i am reminded when i have meet my clients for the individual work or for, for group work when i see it resonates and the relief that it's brought to them and to to not only remember, this isn't just about how you show up at work. That's Mm -hmm. just one part of who you are as a person. It's about how you go home and show up for for your family, for your partner, for your children, for for the relationship with yourself. We have forgotten about and that and that is that has been the saddest part. The reality is coming back to us being human. We are all born perfect. We're mm-hmm. then born into families through good or too bad. It doesn't matter whether it's big trauma, small trauma. I see it all, it's all on a spectrum. What impacts you matters to me, right? Mm-hmm. It matters to me because it happened to you, mm-hmm. okay? We get conditioned then by our parents, by our who are our caregivers, that what they are or are, un, are, are, are unable to accept within you, they will hold that mirror up. It's not okay to be angry. It's stop crying don't be sad, don't, right. be, don't be speaking to me in that way. So what I learn, or we all learn about ourselves is I'm fundamentally, that's shame. I'm not okay, how I am, who I am is not okay. I have to put on a mask. And mm-hmm. as children, we are. We grow up to survive. That, that's our only aim is to survive and to stay alive. And the, the only way to do that is stay connected with our caregivers. Connection is safety. So our nervous systems feel safe. But for some people, that safety is your nervous system is switched on for fight or flight all the time. So you're living as if there's a saber tooth tiger under your bed behind your press every day of your life, depending on the upbringing you got. So it could be just it could be parents that are really condescending critical Mm -hmm. of you all the time so you turn that into your really loudest inner critic and then you grow up into adulthood and you bring that tiger with you into work you expect it to be everywhere the nervous system of many professions be it health service professions be it legal professions are in that same system they're fight or flight and you're reacting to it all the time unconsciously and this is never about self-blame we have to look at it with such a massive sense of self-compassion until we understand how how we're showing up how we are
0: in that that is uh, so powerful um and so that's that's almost like a psychotherapy explanation of that that Mm -hmm. so much of our behavior so much of our ways we react to emotion are learned and they're learned because of where we grew up and how we grew up.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: how would you, like, here's, let me just give you, like, a, like an example, and you kind of tell me what your thoughts on that would be. Mm-hmm. You've got a young, let's call him five years, three years into the profession, and and dad is a powerful partner of a law firm who is of the old school generation that says suck it up, work harder you know if you're feeling stressed out and overburdened just work through it Mm -hmm. maybe self-medicate um you know and that's how that that young attorney was raised and watched Mm -hmm. and now they get into the profession and maybe go i don't have that in me what would you like I mean, what would your thoughts be if you hear that kind of that scenario
1: Mm. my first thoughts would be and my first response would be Tell me what happened to you. What was it like growing up in a house where your dad, that is how he showed up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How did that impact you? How is it impacting today? So you're struggling with it. You want to please him, but you're your own person. I want to get to know you. I want to get to know, to know him and who he actually is outside of that family because he is an individual. But most of the time, even though we're supposed to individuate from our parents in teenage years, you know it depends on the parents we have whether or not they're going to let you go or you know or until they want Mm -hmm. to keep you close and live live their lives and and believe they know what is best for you and project that onto you and again not not consciously all the time for that's for sure but i'd want to know with that young person there's unhealed parts within him that have been impacted about how I suppose that level of control, or you know, had had been had shaped, has shaped him, right? Mm-hmm. So we look at um. The, there's an amazing uh, self-compassion is one of the cornerstones of the work I um offer with everybody, and there's a, an amazing um theory and framework I use in called internal family systems, and it works really well with. In the legal profession as well, because frame, well frameworks work really well, and this is a is a, is a really in, deeply impactful one in terms of it looks at ourselves as in different parts as parts, right? So we have what we call our self our self energy, our, which is our core self, which is the self we're pretending Both of us are in at the moment. It's calm. It's a feeling of confidence. Maybe being curious, having perspective. I notice that my nervous system is a little activated, but that's a normal response to you being on doing something like this for me. So I just monitor it and it doesn't, it's not stopping me. So I'm okay. So that's, that's the core self, the core self. It's very genuine and it's very heart led. And we all have that in us. We all also have, as humans, what we call exile parts. So these parts are from when we were young so growing up parts that hide shame parts that hide like we spoke about a few minutes ago that mirror that's held up I'm not good enough who I am isn't okay because my parents are telling me you cannot show up like this Mm -hmm. you know people are looking at you the neighbors are talking that's you know that was a big thing in Ireland you know Mm -hmm. you can't (laughs) do that because the neighbors will be looking at you and what will they say what they thinking oh my goodness and um, the <laughs> length, yeah, the lens yeah. they went to. Um, <clears throat> I won't go into some, any of them sto- those stories, but you know, it hold those exiles hold parts of loneliness, of fear, of mm-hmm. isolation. So those exiles, most of us go through different times like that. Of course, when we're young, they don't impact if we if we receive the care and the love afterwards to explain why that impacted you so say if you were if you were if you went through a parental separation or divorce and the young child has never been spoken to about it but has mm-hmm. to figure it out on their own why this mm-hmm. is what wh- what's happening they blame themselves whereas if they have parents who can come together or individually or separately and say this is what's happening it is not you so you look at the rupture and repair the importance mm-hmm. of repairing that if you've repair the exile's don't don't impact it's the exiles impact when when you don't get that repair or that support then we have what we call managers so we have proactive managers which are and a lot of these you will probably recognize and understand so we have people pleasing we have self-criticism we have perfectionism um, overthinking they all protect us from those difficult emotions that are associated with those exiles we mentioned a minute ago, so the shame mm-hmm. and, and all that. The managers are there every day. They are lead. They are in our driving seat, right? But whilst they're in our driving seat, we're in fight or flight, right? So our nervous system is in, is activated. So we're not in that core calm self we mentioned a minute ago. If the managers stop working or if the if our system believes okay they're not doing a good job this motion is actually bubbling up to the surface we then have what we call the firefighters again mm-hmm. it's something you're going to resonate with because this is anger or it's addiction or it's self-harm and and the ultimate or the end ultimate um, firefighter would be suicide
0: mm-hmm.
1: These come in to protect us because they believe we can, we are going to get overwhelmed. We're not going to be able to manage this because when we were children, you couldn't manage it. That mm-hmm. overwhelm was in our bodies. It, it, bodies. Children feel every emotion in, our, in, in their bodies until they learn to stop mm-hmm. and cut off. And last week we had these massive thunder showers here and my little, what well, well, he turned four last week, got caught in the thunder shower, And I happened to... Get a picture of him, and he has this unbridled joy look of excitement on his face that only a child you can see it in because he's not afraid to show it. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to show his anger. If I was a parent that was shutting him down all the time, he'd learn to shut the anger, right? Off, try and please me, or you know, try and, and, and make me happy. I do not get it right all the time. There's no doubt about that, but I definitely try my best to learn, to learn all the time. So yeah. when we understand ourselves in a framework like that, we can start identifying in a really compassionate way. Okay, these are my managers. The way I'm showing up with my if I'm people pleasing or I'm overthinking, means my system is in fight or flight. It means I can I need to take a step back and wonder. What is, what's triggered me? What's the mm-hmm. notion that's actually happening underneath? Oh, okay, I'm under, I'm really angry or I'm really sad that this happened or this happened. We need to learn to identify our emotions. And it is, I was going to say, it is as simple as that. It is. We need to understand our emotions better. And when we can, they're not going to be in our the driving seat of where we're going. Um. Yeah, I liked IFS. It, it 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 was a really supportive and compassionate way um, of supporting people. Yeah.
0: So obviously, that takes work uh, to to understand those different kind of concepts of yourself and just to, to compartmentalize mm-hmm. and take inventory and to say, okay, today I'm feeling this. I need to evaluate and say I need mm-hmm. more of, of this. Um, and so how, how would you say, like, what's the best way for a lawyer to, A, learn those concepts enough to be able to, to do it yourself, right? To be able to mm-hmm. drive to work and say, this is where I am today. Mm-hmm. And, B, um, you know, so learn them, but also learn how to apply them to you. Is it through gr- group work? Is it through mm-hmm. therapy? Is there a book? Is there How, do, mm-hmm. how would a lawyer do that? Because it's, it's, it is being informed on yourself, right? And mm-hmm. and what your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, and by weakness, I mean like where do you have to expend energy to to get where you need to go in that area? How how do we do that? Mm-hmm. How, how do we learn that?
1: The great thing about the frameworks is it doesn't have to be. You don't have to necessarily go into therapy to do the in-depth work. Once you yeah. understand the frameworks and it's got it's facilitated to with, with experience and and within a group, then you can learn it and you can embody it and you can process it yourself. the The, the reality is, as I said earlier, this doesn't work or happen in a once-off webinar because. Our brains, we know, neurons that fire together, wire together. We are conditioned to be who we are up until this point in our life. So if we're driving on the left-hand side of the road all our life, and then we go to another country and they're on the right-hand side, that takes, you have to slow everything down when you get into that car, like the first day you drove ever, you learned to drive, until you start understanding each manoeuvre and putting them together. And then a couple of weeks later, a week later, that same day, you're feeling more confident the more you practice it the more confident you get the reason i adore group work and providing and and the groups that i have put together is because we learn from each other there's a Mm -hmm. cohesiveness in groups we have uh, the ability to to share that common human human emotions and that we all feel and it normalizes it normalizes what what we're going through so when it's facilitated over a period of time, and that's why my programs are three months and 12 months long because those neurons need to start firing. And when they're firing once off and the light bulb goes on, that's great, but it's not going to stick. It has yeah. to be repetitive, it has to be embodied, and that is over a prolonged period of time.
0: There's a, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but his name's. Joe Dispenza.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, so he's all about like neurons that fire together, wire together, oh, yeah. and reconditioning your brain. Mm-hmm. And um, he talks in, in one of his books It's called like breaking the habit of being yourself, which is like one of my favorite books. I mm-hmm. highly recommend everyone read it. But he talks about like, if you're in the car driving to work and you're like manifesting in your head, this conversation you're going to have with your boss where well, this is what I'm, if he, if they say this, this is exactly what I'm going to say to them. Uh, or if that client says this today, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to say. And you get yourself all riled up about it. Your brain doesn't know that that's not reality. Your brain thinks, because it's all sensory input, right? Mm-hmm. We only see what we tell our brain to see. Yeah. And so if you're having this wild conversation where you're like really tough in the car, and you're getting all mad, then you storm into the office and then that doesn't happen. Like you're on this extra level. Because you've already had that conversation. Your mm-hmm. brain doesn't know that it didn't have it. You just made it up. And so now you're all fired up for no reason. Um, I imagine that that's the same as what you're saying about the, the neurons that fire together, wire together. We have to learn to train the ones that can be calm and to to understand when we are in that manager state, like you said. We're being people pleasers. We're, we're – hypervigilant, we're, we're like waiting for the, the shoe to drop or whatever it mm-hmm. is, the, you know, what you, what you feed is what grows. And so therefore, if you're always doing that and like, that becomes comfort to you is like mm-hmm. Sunday night is when I start worrying about my week and I start mm-hmm. getting myself all worked up about all the bad things that are going to happen all week. What is your brain conditioned to do at that point every Sunday to have that emotion? Cause those are the neurons that you're, you're, you're supporting, right? That's and it. those are the thought processes that are usual and normal. So you got you to gotta break that. That's it. And I had that um, a lot. I mean, I, the reason I got into doing any any of this in the first place is because I was, I was as burnout and as disillusioned and ready to get out of the profession as anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and thankfully I started kind of comparing notes with my dad who's been working on compassion fatigue and trauma mm-hmm. his whole career luckily i had that resource and so i go huh well that's not that different than than what i'm doing um i i did it through meditation Mm -hmm. meditation for me is a way to to turn the body off and recondition the brain to to have different neurons fire do you are you a proponent of meditation or
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely i am and a little bit like what you said at the start there are buzzwords that have been out, are out there so long now that everybody's just talking about it, it has taken the value away like mindfulness meditation yeah. well-being i'm well being i am i am fed up <laughs> with the word well-being you know it, it, it just has taken away yeah. everything the meaning of it today well it feels every like they're day, taking the
0: box off right exactly. they're talking about well-being yeah good now move yeah. on and be stressed out and like
1: exactly yeah. the, you know it's I'm the you. impact the impact today you mentioned joe Spencer at 9 a.m this morning i did my 50 minute joe Spencer meditation oh, so i do really? yeah so i do his <laughs> walking meditations every day since january um i i i an air, and I go and I walk and it was actually an amazing lawyer um Colin Colin McCarthy in in the States who shared shared Joe Dispenza with me for the first time I'd heard about him and I was very much into meditation but I just thought maybe he's a bit too out there until I actually worked and have have managed it and it just has yeah it's been amazing and it it, it is about the neurons that wire together we need to unlearn a lot of what we've been taught about our, who we are about ourselves and about how we show up if if we are working and operating in 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 a system in a in a, in a profession or or in an area where we are operating out of our managers and we're people-pleasing overthinking overthinking and criticizing ourselves the the reality is we are going to miss something because you're not in yourself you you don't have perspective so if you can learn and do learn and do this work to understand how to regulate your nervous system and bring it into a place of safety for you, you will gain perspective. It's slowing down for, for, for a moment in order to speed up and be way more impactful in have more impact in your work, but also in your own life, your relationship with you, the relationship with friends, with family and with, with your own kids if you have them. So it's it's so vital to do this.
0: Going going back to what you said about Mm -hmm. just constantly saying these things and feeling these things, and Mm -hmm. you're you're the you're the expert. So you tell me if I'm crazy and Mm -hmm. wrong. Um, I need you to do that. Uh, But Mm -hmm. the fight or flight, there's there's chemical reaction when that happens, Mm -hmm. right? We release is dopamine. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, we release loads, We uh, adrenaline. If adrenaline, adrenaline, cortisol, all the stress hormones,
0: and all those are meant to keep you calm under a very stressful situation. Like like so the way I look at it is like like a like fight or flight to me is like an antelope that's being chased by a cheetah, right? Yeah. They hit this rush of chemicals Mm -hmm.
1: to get away from the threat. But Mm -hmm.
0: animals have the ability when they get away from the threat to calm back down. Yes. And we don't we almost like I feel we almost get addicted to that chemical rush. And so yeah. when we are in fight or flight, we get there more often because mm-hmm. our body, not our brain, but our body likes that chemical. Is that, am That's, I crazy? Yes. No,
1: you're not. No.
0: Okay, so if good. you think
1: about adrenaline. In, in uh, stuff, mark that just, down. The psychotherapist
0: said yeah. I am yeah. not crazy.
1: <laughs> no, definitely uh, not. Everyone pay <laughs> <to that. laughs> No, you're definitely not. So, yeah. So fight or flight, we get into it. It's a great rush. It's like the rush that comes before. I was saying to you before this, like, oh, God, I'm really nervous. Oh. But it didn't stop. So you, we need some stress. We need a little bit of that firing into into our bloodstream. So it, it makes us move. It's like, oh, I have a, I have a deadline tomorrow. You'll feel the rush. Need to do it today. Need to get it, need to get it done. Mm-hmm. But when we are in constant state of stress and and that fight or flight, it can absolutely become addictive. But it can also, understandably, become. What people believe it is who they are. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is how I show up. This is how fast a pace I work. This is mm-hmm. me. It's not necessarily who you are. Absolutely not. But we also have the other states of of our nervous system, which is freeze, the freeze states. So you just mm-hmm. get stuck. You know, you get stuck, take to bed. You know, people's mood drop just can't you get absolutely struggle to do anything and then we have the other the other state which people don't hear about as much which is fun so it's people pleasing it's i'll do Mm -hmm. whatever whatever you need me to do i'll do and you just literally leave yourself Mm -hmm. it's about pleasing other people it's just showing up for everybody else and you Mm -hmm. completely leave who you are
0: that's interesting because I definitely have self uh, identified as a people pleaser. I know lots of people that have. Mm-hmm. You're saying the people pleasing is on the level of the freeze, mm. dissociation yes. state to say, like, I'm going to, I can't handle what's happening in me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm going to go outside of it and make sure all of everyone around me is fine and just mm-hmm. start worrying about other stuff so that I don't have to pay attention to what's happening. You.
1: Is that- yeah, that 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 that's exactly it. And remember, a really important thing about this as well, Patrick is, this is unconscious. This is out of our awareness. Right. So that's why it's so important to say that because there's no blame. It's about okay, but let's work with that then. Okay, so you 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 people, please. Okay, that's that's a reaction. That's a response to something. a Reaction to something that's been happening. Let's look at that. Let's look at that. Let's look at why that has happened, and let's bring you back in. To that locus of evaluation is within you and not out with everyone else because the reality is everyone else is moving and changing all the time, and it takes it takes a lot out of us if we're following other people's moods and how they are and pleasing them all the time. It takes an awful lot out of our system and who we are.
0: So obviously, I mean you are very good at what you do and you do a very eloquent job of explaining and that um so tell me let's talk about what you're doing kind of the new projects you have going on mm. obviously you're still in private practice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so you're working with all types of people not just lawyers i assume uh-huh, you're not yeah yeah to lawyers
1: not exclusive but a, a lot of my clients are but i also have <laughs> strangely i have uh, lawyers i have family of lawyers partners of mm-hmm. lawyers and then i also have Clients that are going through divorce, the legal system—they're—they're working through the legal system at the minute, so they are going, say, waiting court dates and that court battle, and what you know, trying to work support them through through that. Hmm. Um, so that's in private practice. So in Ireland, a bit like the states, you're—you know—you're accredited to your country, accredited to Ireland in Europe, but as a therapist. Like in the states, each each state has their own accrediting body or registering body. So that, as a therapist, my groups, as I mentioned at the start, I believe so much in the in in having something ongoing, an ongoing program where you can come in. It's an hour a narrow week or for three months. The programs that I launched last week have I have been working on for the for the past year. There are trauma-informed group programs for, for lawyers, so for law firms, and then also for individual lawyers to attend as well. So there's two separate, separate groups. As I mentioned at the start, Patrick, the importance to me, the most important thing to me is connection and something happening on over a certain period of time. And that's why I have Um, brought out the three-month program and the 12-month program. So the three months is very much focusing on what is trauma, what is vicarious trauma. The second month of that looks at how that shows up in your clients, how that may show up in yourself and what's happening there and looking at the emotions. And then the third month is very much based on what you mentioned a few minutes ago me supporting you to understand the frameworks understanding a brilliant frameworks in there the emotional triangle understanding it through the ifs lens that that i mentioned as well and obviously regulating the nervous system so that you can show up the best version of you and um, i the way i run and facilitate these groups It's through absolute lens of non-judgment. I am there to bring out the absolute best in you. That is my absolute only reason to be there. No stigma, minus stigma (laughs) for me, because I've been there, I get it. I get what it's like operating in fight or flight. I absolutely do. And I continue to work on this every day. There's no end game for me in my own work. I've been in personal development intensively for the last 11 12 years i'm nowhere near finished but i'm the better very best version of me that has has been around probably to date and and i want i know that every other human is capable of that but again, you need to want to anyone that doesn't. I'm okay with that as well. I want whoever shows up, I'm ready to work with whoever whoever's there, you know, that that's saying, you know, when the students are ready, the teacher will appear. I'm there for whoever wants to um, show up to do this work. The second group then is a 12 month program, 12 month mastermind program where we build on the what we've learned in the three months. And it's once a month for an hour, and it's looking at, it can be the choice of the firm, or it can be choices of the lawyers or attorneys that join. It can be case formulation. So as you mentioned earlier, brilliantly, Patrick, it can be bringing the emotions in. Okay, what the impact, it's all about impact. What was the impact? It can be an anonymous case that somebody sends in the week before. We look at it during, during that hour, and, and we talk about, okay, what impact do you imagine it might have um, on that? Or you take the case out of it, and we just show up. And we look at impact in general.
0: And I I love it. So, obviously, that resonates with me with the the legal flow consulting. I mean, similar. Um, You've got the mastermind. I think keeping this going for 12 months, even if it's an hour a month, is just keeping it in the forefront of your head and knowing. Okay, we have that scheduled for next month, and then be like, okay, I remember. it just as a, a almost a subliminal way of keeping it present and keeping mm-hmm. mindful of it. Because if you, if you hear, like, let's say somebody comes and hears my 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 CLE at a conference, like, wow, that was really interesting. Life happens and gets in the way, and then you forget about it. Mm-hmm. But you're you're spreading that out over twelve months keeps it present for at least a year. And after a year, I do think there's some concrete. Permanency in your, yes. your residency in your brain, um, and and we say when we do our presentation that you know maybe a managing partner's in and listening to us and says, "Wow, that's amazing. That's my firm would benefit from that so much." But I don't know how to present that to them. And you come in, bring the firm in, and you go like, "Okay, we're going to become mm-hmm. trauma informed." I think is what it was called. Mm-hmm. Everybody be mindful, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you can kind of see them trying to relay that information. You're coming in saying, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Bring us in. Let us do it for you. So that, because I do think that a ton of people like the information. They just don't have any idea because they don't live in the information. They don't know how to present that or make those changes. And that's exactly why you hire a consultant like Mm -hmm. you to Mm -hmm. do that is to say, okay, I'll do it for you.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly it, Patrick. And working with, or or I can only speak for for myself, but anybody I work with, I give every part of my heart to that work. Sure. I adore this. I know that this makes people better parents, better friends, better Mm -hmm. partners, better employees. It is not just about how they show up at work. It translates into every aspect of their life. And and it's amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you can see it. So when, and we, So when we first started, I feel like we we went to this convention, I I think I might have told you this, but we went to this convention, we literally just sat at a table at the trial lawyer convention and like, you know, had fancy digital exhibits and stuff to the left and right of us and attorneys would like saunter up, we would propose to them this trauma informed and they would kind of look at you like with an eyeball raised, but by if they gave us the time to kind of really deep dive into it a little bit, like right, be like, let's flesh that out. You can see literally on their faces, a change oh, from yeah. quizzical to interesting to I excited. Cause I can give you an example of that. And so with your mastermind, you can do that, but like long form instead of mm-hmm. being like, Hey, let me, let me elevator pitch this to you
1: mm-hmm. in
0: an hour, 90 minute presentation. You can be like over, over a year. You'll see that change, right? From people being like, guard up, interesting, interested but guarded, mm. open, accepting, and then like, let's do this, let's let's build yeah. this. And that, so I think, I think you're in the right. I think you're on the right track by making it longer form in the in the in the, and obviously you have the three the three month more like, um, it's more often, right? The three mm, months
1: it's once a month, yeah. So the three once. months is what? sorry, the three months once is a once a week over three months, or it can be, I'll work with uh, any, whatever makes more sense to the firm. So if it's over four months and it's once a week over three weeks, and then we have a week off, I will work whatever way it makes more sense based mm-hmm. on if there's time constraints or or whatever it may be. But the three month is once a week at the minute, once a week um, over the month, and I have three separate parts. As I said, the past, looking at what trauma is, vicarious mm-hmm. trauma, Middle month is showing up how it shows up in the present, and then the the last month is what you can do about it, how you can support you yourself, and how you support your your client in that. And remember, everyone that comes to me for individual therapy is skeptical. No one comes in saying, "I know you can help me." They're like, "Look, bad's happened to me. All everything's all good, but <laughs> I'm having issues in such an area." It, it's about building trust, it's about building safety, it doesn't matter really the approach, the therapeutic approach you use, it's always going to come down to the relationship. If we show up authentically in a manner that wants to support people in a genuine way and that you want to hear them and validate them and understand who they are, that's where the healing happens. It's, I love that I have 23 years clinical experience behind me and, and all the education. That's brilliant. But what matters more to me is connecting with individuals and groups and, and allowing people to make that, make that those evaluations for themselves.
0: Yeah. Well, I think um, it's amazing. And I think you should keep okay. doing it. And I think our field needs it. And... Um, And and they're only going to benefit from learning more and doing this. Um, so, I will. Do you have a, a website or somewhere where people can go and look into this further?
1: The best place at the minute, Patrick, is on my LinkedIn profile, and okay. um, so it's under Maria Parker, P-A-R-K-E-R. That is the best place at the minute, and I have links on my on my LinkedIn to the landing page for for, for the programs. But just send me a DM. There's there's no problem with that. Um, okay. The, reach out. Are there. Yeah. 100 percent.
0: Most legal professionals are on LinkedIn, so find you on there, right, and I'll certainly, um, you know, in the in the post uh, tag you in it, so people can find you easy. Brilliant. Um, and so, just to clarify, you're in Ireland, but you're doing this all all. Yeah, everywhere.
1: this is this is global, and and that's the amazing thing as well. Since since post COVID, um, all my pr- private clients in Ireland as well are all online. It it works yeah. best. It makes it more accessible for people. Um. So yeah, I work globally. Um there's been huge interest in the states. I have an affinity. I have family in the states. I have a real affinity with 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 the states as well. Um, so yeah, I'm really grateful to you for for having me on today and and anybody that gets in touch, I love uh, meeting new people and chatting, so I would be more than happy to have um a free 30 minutes an hour, whatever time you have to to chat to you about this. there's no problem.
0: It's amazing. And keep the conversation going. The more we can get this open and out and people more comfortable talking about it, then the better it is for the, like you said, not just the profession and for clients, but for the families of the lawyers mm-hmm. and the professionals and, and then it snowballs. And so um, I really appreciate you coming on. I wish you nothing but the best and stay in touch. And, and what we'll do is after you've done, done some sessions we'll have you back on and, and see what you're brilliant yeah, that's
1: amazing thank you all thank right. you so much awesome. Patrick thanks a million thanks,
0: Maria. Okay, enjoy enjoy your I guess evening yes no. it
1: is 3 p.m now okay
0: yeah. all right, your evening there it's yeah. morning here
1: so. <laughs> brilliant yeah. that's great thank you so much
0: absolutely thank you
1: thank you